because of the pandemic. Uh, some of them uh, haven't seen each other for years, and I haven't seen them for each, each other for years, and I realize just how important uh, everyone is in our lives. Uh, and so can you just turn to the neighbor next to you and say, you're really important to me. Just turn to your person next to you. Yeah, it's so true. It is so true. In fact, in the back, we have John and Barbara with us. Let's give them a round of applause. <laughs> the old has gone, the new has come. Amen. I make all things new. So bless you guys on your, your journey. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to continue today talking about uh, the New Testament. We're on the fifth book of the New Testament. Uh, and this is where we are. Uh, Jesus left. You can't even see his face. That's not him riding on a cloud. That's him going higher and higher, and he was gone. Uh, after the four book, first books of the uh, Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, talk about the works and the words of Jesus, all of a sudden, that's it. Why did he go, right? Like, God, what are you thinking? You got to stay here. You got to lead us. You got to do, keep doing the good work. But then the truth is where we are left in the New Testament is that he's gone. And to many people, it wasn't a good news, right? The reason why Jesus went back to heaven is that his job, his work from God, the food that we talked about, the food of obedience that made Jesus more than human, the reason why he was able to do the miracles was not because he was so much different than who you and I are. He was also son of God. He was created in the image of God. But it was his obedience that allowed heaven to manifest powerfully in his life. And I pray that you also will live a life of obedience. But his mission was done. So he, he said, I'm done. I'm leaving. So as we crack open the fifth book of the New Testament, the book of Acts, we now see what happens after Jesus returns to heaven and the disciples are left behind. Yeah. In fact, when, when, the, when Jesus went up, it says in Matthew, the disciples just stayed there. <laughs> They're like, we've never seen this. Jesus already coming and the angels are like, hey, why are you guys still here? Go and do what he said. Okay. So at the time of this, Jesus' departure, the disciples, along with the 12 apostles, are there, they're quite lost. As, as you can imagine, having someone so influential, being with them for three years, and you literally left everything, family, you left your business, you sold your house, just to follow Jesus, and then now what? He's gone. How would you feel? Right? Uh, even though Jesus, after he resurrected uh, on Easter Sunday, for 40 days, he was with them, restoring their faith in God, doing more miracles, more preaching, but that was not enough. They were still, at the end, still doubting, is this really Jesus? Because we saw how he died. Right? We saw how he was broken. In fact, the scripture says when he was hung on the cross, you couldn't even tell who he was. That's how broken he was. Right? You could see his ribs. You could see his, his face was marred with a beating and then the, in the throne, thorns of cross, uh, the throne, uh, the the crown of thorns on his head. However, remember, as Jesus returned, he told his disciples one of the last things he kept repeating to him was this phrase, do not be afraid. If you can turn one more time to the person around you and tell them, do not be afraid. Yeah. yeah. Tell the person behind you, they're afraid right now. <laughs> yeah. But they were but they were still very afraid, right? Because Jesus internationally at this point became infamous, not famous. When you get crucified on the cross, you are getting capital punishment. So basically the, all the government is saying, the entire Roman Empire is saying, Jesus is a criminal. Jesus deserves to be crucified. And what does that make you of his affiliate? 
not much, not, not much well, right? In fact, when a political figure gets in trouble, all of a sudden he gets all these resignations of all the partners that knew him, right? Same thing. So they're wondering, oh, my gosh, are we next, right? I, if I follow Jesus, am I now in trouble for believing in this Jesus? Maybe now they're known as rebels. Jesus, it's good that he went, but then the rebels, the rebels are left behind. And they're worried about what's going to happen to them. Because the powers that pushed Jesus to the trial and killed him, they're not going to let Jesus grow up in popularity again, right? Because once you do such an act of killing someone publicly, you have to follow up. You can't be like, oh, oops, sorry. We killed them by mistake, right? So anyways, these, these disciples, uh, the question is now what happens to these disciples as they are left on the earth where Jesus was no longer there, right? So what would you have done? What are some, what, what would be your options? Just quit, right? You could just say, oh, wow, that was a great run. That was a really awesome three years. That was fantastic, but I'm going to move on. In fact, many disciples have, right? They said, oh, Jesus is gone. Well, I'm going on vacation. I'm going to retire early. But what would you do and what happened to the disciples that got left behind? Well, again, there was reason, many two things that you can, uh, why Jesus' encouragement to not be afraid was real. Because number one is that as Jesus, even though Jesus physically left, he told them, I'm going to give you my name. And in my name, you can ask anything, and I will do it in the will, according to the will of my Father in heaven. So the authority that Jesus had, even though his body was not there, his ministry, his teachings, his power was still with the disciples. In the name of Jesus, you could access Jesus as if he's still right there with you. In fact, Jesus told them, the, the reason I'm telling you, do not be afraid, do not be, uh, do not be uh, worried, is because Jesus promised, I will never leave you. But you just did. No, no, Jesus said, I will never leave you. Why? Because I'm going to give you the comforter, the advocate, the Holy Spirit. These two things is enough. Just these things, these two things is enough for anything and any situation you will ever face in life. The name of Jesus, the authority of Jesus to, in fact, what that means is Jesus left his visa card with unlimited spending power, right? Miraculous visa card says, he says, I'm leaving, but here, use it. Have the keys to my car, keys to my house, to all of my bank accounts, it's yours. And guess what? I'm actually not gone. I'm here in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God will be will you in you and, uh, and lead you, teach you, and guide you just as if Jesus was still on the earth. Friends, these two things God has given to you, therefore, do not be afraid. If this is what you believe in Jesus, if this is what you believe and you want to receive from God in the, in the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit, there is no reason for us to be afraid ever in our lives. Even death itself is not something we fear anymore, but we welcome. It's going to happen, but we see it as a step into it's an upgrade process for all of us who have Jesus. So, but the disciples are still afraid. <laughs> they have the name of Jesus. But then, in fact, the book of Acts is talking about moving on after Jesus. What happened to disciples? If you read the book of Acts, it's an amazing book. But, but the way it begins is that in the book of Acts, in fact, Jesus said, don't go anywhere and wait for the promise the gift that my father promised, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so basically 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, on the day of Pentecost, 
we see that the Holy Spirit arrived. All the disciples, they were gathered in one place, and, and for 10 days they were waiting. So, so by the 10th day, people were leaving. They are saying, you know what? I think Jesus was great, but I think he left. He, he left us. Everything he said is not true. So maybe 100 people left, right? Maybe 200 people left. Maybe 300 people were really busy. They're saying, I got to get back to work. I'm out of vacation days, right? My, my boss is calling me to work. My husband tells me to come home. And they left. But then the 120 who were left on the 10th day, what Jesus promised finally came. The Holy Spirit. It says it sounded like rushing wind. And they could see tongues of fire that came into that room and then it broke into pieces and landed on each person and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they started speaking in tongues and then that was the birth of the church and that is how we came to be the church to this day the work of the Holy Spirit so the question is this I want to show you guys what did this baptism of fire do to these believers who were lost and afraid and confused well, the first thing that happens is the very guy who publicly denied Jesus, right? In fact, Peter was one of the person who was most uh, jaded by this whole experience of Jesus' death because he really felt like he messed up, right? He, made, he didn't just like in his heart, you know, stop believing God. He made it public. He says, I never knew this guy. What are you talking about? Three times, right? So he felt really bad. But then when that fire came upon him, guess what? That scared that that weak Peter becomes someone so powerful that he starts preaching. You can read it in Acts chapter 2. And he preaches and he gives an entire overview of the Old Testament saying that. And then, he, and then, and then, uh, and then publicly saying to the people, Jewish people, telling them what you, the one you killed is the son of God. And basically 3,000 people come to believe in Jesus and repent from their religion. So before and after of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, it was night and day. You could not tell who this person was. Everyone in that room receiving the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit became transformed. So today in our passage that we read, it's, it's a couple of chapters later in chapter 4 of Acts. It says that uh, Peter and John were going to pray at the temple as they always do. And there was a man there begging at the temple gates. And he was in his 40s and he was born lame. So all of his life he could not walk. His legs were just, you know, useless. But, but then Peter said to, but, but then this man grabbed Peter and said, give him money, right? He was, uh, in fact, people were putting him there so he could uh, get the offering. And there was, it was like a business. In fact, the only way this guy could make a living is to just look pitiful and have people give offering. That was his life. People bring him there, put him there, give him some food and water, pick him up, take the money, and do it again and again. But then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you, what? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Remember, the, the, the disciples, they had the name of Jesus and they had the spirit of God. Just as if Jesus was right there. But not just John and Peter, but all the 120 believers. And they, guess what? This guy who was born, lame for 40 years, he walks. Not because Peter somehow was a doctor or he, he knew how to do the massage or the tai chi or whatever. He just simply said, in the name of Jesus, walk. walk. Because Peter was walking in the Holy Spirit in obedience, right? How did Peter know what to tell this guy? Because in prayer, he lived a life of obedience just like Jesus. And then now the divinity of God, divinity, the, our divine nature was leaking out of him. In fact, when, uh, uh, yeah, there's a, um, 
I think it's later, it's later Peter, when he, even his shadows was healing people, right? Because he was so filled with the Holy Spirit that the power of God was manifesting in him. And then again, Peter just goes on. He just, the guy walks. Peter's like, great, I've seen this a thousand times. That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus wants us to do. And then he goes and continues to preach. And then guess what? The people in power in that day, these are the governors of the time, they're religious leaders, the Sadducees, the captain of the guard, the priests. They were all concerned because why? Everyone started talking about this. Temple court is a really large place. Thousands of people there, and they're all talking about, did you see that? The guy we saw for 40 years who never could walk, Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ, walk, and he walked. And so everyone's talking about it, and these guys who killed Jesus about a few months back, they're like, what's going on? So they go, they bring uh, Peter and John, and they, it was late at night at that time, so they actually just put him in jail and said, we'll deal with you later, but they locked him up. It says, then, uh, they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, by what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, right? This is not the same Peter who was afraid of, uh, you know, being associated with Jesus. Different guy. Filled with the Holy Spirit, not alone, he said to them, rulers and elders of the people. This is like you going to the governor, you know, or, or lieutenant uh, or, or the mayor in, in his office and saying, if we are called, being called to account today for our act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Wow, he didn't have any political correctness in this. Right? In fact, he said, you crucified him. He's the one, he's the son of God. And he continues, Jesus is a, is a stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. He's quoting scripture saying the, the prophets prophesied about these people. But he, and he says, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. As I said, there's nothing more important than us to be obsessed about than Jesus Christ in this life. And then these people, they saw Peter and John, and they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. But then they realized, huh, but these guys have been with Jesus. They're like, What's, who is this guy? He was different. <laughs> and then finally, at the end, they said, you know what? It's okay what you did, but don't do it again. Never talk about Jesus again, okay? And then these people had the power. They could do a lot of damage to Peter and, and his life and John. But then, it says, then they called him again and commanded him not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to God? You be the judges. And he says, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. So it was not just that one time off thing. This was Peter and John's focused, full-on, dedicated lifestyle. Now, from the moment they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, they realize, you know what? We're not living to please people. We're living to please God. Just like Jesus, he says, I have, you have food that you don't know about. My greatest, Jesus' greatest delight, I'm sorry, wasn't to love the world. He loved the world because he loved God who loved the world, and his heart was so united with him. If God, if Jesus at any point said, you know what, I will just, do what is good for people, what I think is good for me, what I think, no, 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 then he would have failed, right? But the same DNA now is passed on to Peter 
and John, just as if Jesus was, was, was there in that time. So in verse 21, later it says, after further threats, they let them go, but they, they could not decide how to punish them, right? Because what they did was illegal, right? Because Jesus, he was a, a national, international, a bad guy, and he talked about Jesus. They should punish him, but they said the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old, and he was standing right there, and all the people were praising God. Some, a new day has come upon earth in this time of the disciples. Friends, look at this uh, quote I um, came up with. The fear of God frees us to do, the, to do God's work. Fear of man freezes us from God's work. As I was meditating on Acts and meditating and just kind of reviewing my own life, my own heart, our ministry, the way Christianity is in, in America, in, in our context, how we experience Christianity, I realized the, sometimes the greatest opposition to God's work for us as Christians is not the devil. Satan, in fact, has no power unless you give him. That's for a different discussion. But Satan's not powerful to stop God's work. What stops God is when we as followers of Jesus, believers of Christ, all of a sudden start putting the fear of man greater than the fear of God. What that means, I'm not saying that we should be uh, we should be rough to people. We should be uh, nasty to people. We should just be so rude to them and just, uh, you know, neglect people. No, no, no. It means that, number one, as we make God, uh, fearing God, the greatest uh, uh, value in our lives, we're then able to love people in the right way. People are not to be feared, right? People, but when we say fear of man, it means that they control what they say, controls what you do, what they think about you, and I'm including your own self. Many of us, right, what rules our life is not the truth, but it's our own opinion and our own thoughts about who we are. If that is hindering your ability to obey what God wants and to honor him, then you are stuck and you are unable. And all that God wants to do in your life, the kingdom of God is, is damned up in your life. So think about it in your life. What operates you in your life? Is it the confidence of fearing God, of loving him, of, of honoring, of doing everything in your life for him? Or is it that what people say and, and demand of you? I mean, you could put your boss in there. You could put money in there. You could put uh, your career in there. You could put your friends in there. You could put your family in there. If anything is standing in the way of what God wants you to do, what do you do when, like Peter, he had a choice, right? He had a choice to say, okay, fine. I'm really glad that happened, but I won't preach in Jesus' name again. He could have done that and said, Governor, I trust you. I'm a good citizen. I will do what you say. What would you do if, it, if you were in the situation where fear of God, man was interfering with fear of God? What stopped the work, what stops the work of God in our lives is our lack of the fear of God. It's interesting the disciples... Um, uh, have all they've all been there right this is not something that's uh, uh, unique to some people struggling with this is something that all of us have faced right it's not easy honestly right because god you can't see god sometimes seems like he's far away right it seems like he doesn't really re uh, relate to you you feel like he's far away but people they're right there right they could make you feel something they could do something to you right so instead of us having the eyes of faith we allow 
the peoples, uh, the real situations around us to impact us more. But I guarantee you, right, just like Peter, he chose to fear God and he was able to influence people in the right way. Ask yourself this question. Don't you want to be someone who actually influences people in righteousness and in love? We cannot do that apart from the help of God, right? We have to have our number one and number two in our lives uh, correct. I want to show you guys what else happened besides this. What else do we see in the, in the beginning of this church of the disciples? Was it just Peter and John, just the leaders who had so much boldness and so much uh, faith to do miracles? This is what happens. Peter goes back to the church and he shares what happened, right? And this is what happens. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Their first response was not to be like, oh, Peter, are you okay? They all together, in fact, went stronger to God and said, God, we need your guidance on this. And then they continue saying, you spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the nations, earth, rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. What the people are recognizing is this. You know what? There's no way around it. Once you follow Jesus, you're going to go against people. People who do not honor God, they're going to stand in your way. They're going to try to take away what you have. They're going to try to stifle Jesus Christ. They're going to try to force you to stay away from Jesus, to neglect Jesus, and it's going to become a battle. It was prophesied since the beginning until the end of time. It will never be that when you follow Jesus, it's just going to be easy. No resistance. What are you going to do? What are you going to do when that comes to you? And then finally, this is the prayer of the, of the first believers that said, Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles, the people of Israel, in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Their prayer wasn't this. God, let them calm down. Let them accept us. Let them be friendly to us. No, no, no. They said, no, God. Make us even more powerful, more fiery to pro boldly proclaim the word of God as it is. Jesus Christ was crucified. Your sins, put him on there. And if you believe and repent, you will receive his kingdom and his righteousness and his spirit. I like the word there. I highlighted great boldness. They had boldness, but they're saying, no, 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 God, we don't care. In fact, when the, uh, when the resistance become stronger against us give us not easier life give don't change your circumstances but make us bolder make us to be stronger more confident in our faith in jesus they close by saying stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant jesus they're saying let us become louder about jesus let us become more bold about Jesus, more risky, more penetrating, more uh, resisting, more uh, pushing against any agenda that tries to push, that, that brings Jesus down. And then finally, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. As I told you, the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, it was enough for them. It is enough for you in your life to go through any resistance 
and to make your life count and become an influence for the people in your lives. One of the first, therefore, one of the first characteristics and the change the Holy Spirit, as we see in Scripture, that was brought to the church is a supernatural courage and boldness. Again, the people who, who did all this was not out of their power, was not of their DNA. In fact, they probably were the most shy people. But when they're filled with the Holy Spirit and God is operating in you and you have the authority of the name of Jesus, it's a different story. Look what it says in Hebrews 11, verse 1, about faith. It says, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Therefore, faith is boldness about God above man. When I say man, I mean earthly circumstances, situations in life, right? That's the only way that we're going to be able to do the work of God and experience God in our lives. So we see prayer, Holy Spirit, boldness equaling miracles in the time of disciples but friends what do you think happened right after this in fact it gets worse the persecution against jesus increases to a point where a few chapters later we see this man named stephan getting stoned to death because he was preaching the gospel and the people they hated what he was saying they hated their conviction about who jesus was they resisted him and they stoned him to death Guess what? Church doesn't stop there. They, they got scattered to further places. From Jerusalem was now a hostile place against Christianity. But then the same thing, the prayer that they prayed about boldness continued to increase. The circumstance didn't get better. Just like this world that we live in, it may not get better. right? It may get worse. That's not the first time, right? It has always been, the sin and wickedness has always been increasing. But what's true is that in the midst of the hardship, the Holy Spirit helps us to overcome with greater boldness. There's, there's no other way. There's only two ways, right? Either you let the world dictate you, make you tame, guide you, make, you let the world determine who you are, or you let God determine who you are. There's no other, other exceptions in this life. Earlier this week, um, there was a tragedy and a, a horrific incident at the Rob Elementary in Uvalde, Texas. And uh, when I first heard about it, I actually didn't want to, like, you know, research into it because, number one, I didn't want the media telling me what to focus or what to think about, you know, because sometimes they highlight something uh, and, and at, the, at the cost of something else, right? They're, they're not objective, right? So I don't want to be, uh, I don't know, moved by them. I want to be moved by the Holy Spirit to do what is needed in, the, my, in my influence. Uh, but yeah, the more I looked into it, um, you know, number one is it just makes you feel so sick in your stomach when you see evil, right? When you see the very forces that hate Jesus, right? When I say fear of man, I'm not talking about just like, you know, again, like being angry to people, being mean to people, saying, you know, get away, you're not important. No, no. When you, I'm talking about the, the fear that the people, the evil system of this world is coming against. When we see the, the power of sin, the, when we see the, uh, how do I say, the effect of evil the, at its fullness, such as we see in this uh, tragic massacre that we saw. Uh, number one, we grieve for the loss of the children and the teachers, but also we grieve for that 18-year-old. I mean, what drew this man, this boy named Salvador Ramos to be so troubled and so broken, so gripped by the darkness that, he, that was surrounding him, that made him shoot his grandmother and his children. 
And he's not the only one, right? There's so many things. So what is going on in this world around us, I think it's time that the church who we believe that we have the kingdom of God has to be bold to be out in the world, leading people, transforming people. But again, we're stuck by the fear of man instead of fear of God. You know, when the chaos that ensued, there was a, it was a physical manifestation. When I saw this situation, it was just another reminder of, number one, how our lives are so short, right, and temporary, and how we have to make every day count. And Romans 12, verse 21 says this, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Friends, it's another wake-up call reminding us. It's either we let evil win or good good win. There's no middle ground. You can't say, I just choose to not participate. Right? When we don't have the boldness that the Holy Spirit gives us, guess what? We are letting evil continue. Maybe not the kind of evil that we see physically as we saw in the Rob Elementary, but the evil that's eating away at your own life, at your friend's life, at the church life, the community life. How many evil things do we see or do we just not care about that we walk away Every time. Just like that lame guy. Poor guy. 40 years. Nobody gave a you know, crap about that guy. Until Peter, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with boldness, said, get up and walk in the name of Jesus. Which one do you want to be? So again, this, this uh, example, just one of the hundreds in, uh, of, the, of the, the, the reality of evil and sin in this world. It's a reminder for us of the, of the battle that we are in. And how we have to be called to action to either side. It's, it's no longer, never was an option for us to say, yeah, let evil continue. Right? Neither can we say, oh, yeah, I'm too lazy to do good. Right? But that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. You know, it was interesting. Uh, there was, when I looked into the, the fact about what happened, the shooting, there was actually some discrepancy, right? We don't really know exactly what happened, but there was definitely a dysfunction. One of the things that was a fact is that when the gunman was barricaded, there was a lot of soldiers. There was a lot of, uh, 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 what do you call this, guys? Government forces, polit- uh, those uh, tactical, whatever people, what do you call those things? Yeah, police. Okay, police guys with, with guns and there was one guy in there. There was like hundreds of people. But what they were doing was they were just keeping the perimeter. They weren't, they didn't know how or, or, or when to go and destroy the evil. And I feel like that's like a picture of sometimes the church. We're like this overwhelming power, but we're just standing there. We're, we're not engaging the evil. We don't know how to, right? Just like the disciples, they, they had no idea. But when the Holy Spirit came, they were able to go in. In fact, in that story, something very interesting happened. Well, let me, let me, sh- let me paint the picture for you guys. The police station was just four minutes away, right? Before uh, this Salvador Ramos guys went in, he was actually shooting around the school. They heard gunshots 12 minutes before we entered in. So do the math, right? 12 minutes, gunshotting, something's happening. Police is four, four minutes away. What happened, Right? Well, guess what? I want to introduce you to a man named Jacob Alvarado. Does anybody know his story? Okay, that's why I feel like it's important for us to share. This man, he is a U.S. Customs Border Protection agent. He was off duty cutting his hair at a, at a, at a salon. And he gets a text from his wife, who's a teacher, fourth grade teacher, inside that school. And she says, there's an active shooter. Help. I love you. This guy. He said, 
I think it was in the middle of the haircut. He stops the haircut. He asks the barber, do you have a gun? Takes a shotgun that you see right there of the, of the barber, and he springs into action. So he goes, and what happens is as the, the tactical forces are forming to go into that wing where the gunman was, there were other wings of the, of the school where many students and teachers were, were, were just hidden, not hiding in there. They were, they, were, they were stuck in there. So he jumps into action, and because he had the legal right, he, he takes two cops to back him up, and he goes in there before any other tactical people break the barrier. He goes to the back. He goes into the wing. He starts emptying out school uh, one by one, every classroom. In fact, when he gets to his daughter, who's an eighth grader, both his daughter and his t- wife was at the school, uh, he, he gives her a hug, and then, uh, but he didn't stop there. He, he, he made her go safely with the, with, the, with the other people, and then he continued to empty out the other buildings. Isn't that amazing? You guys probably didn't know this, right? But this is, this is a clear example, right? There is a difference. Not because everybody has the authority, do people use it. Not because everybody has the power, do we do the good, right? Not everyone who, who knows Christ uses the name of Christ. Not everyone who, who wants to follow Jesus actually obeys Jesus Christ. But just like this man, Jacob Alvarado, he makes all the difference. What if there was hundreds of these guys just like Jacob? How many lives could have been saved, not just at the site, but before? What if, what if the schools were filled with students who were filled with the Holy Spirit, so when they see someone like Salvador Ramos, they don't just walk by him. They don't just, you know, make uh, what they did, with, uh, tease him and just fight with him. But instead, they spring into action, help him, the help that he needs in being delivered from his condition. Friends, in this world, there are only two kinds of people, those who are being nurtured and raised up and formed by the world, by man, the greed, the lust, and the pride, jealousy, worries, and insecurities. There are one kind of people who who are letting those things influence them, control them, teach them. It, 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 It changes your decisions. You're guided by these insecurities, this greed, lust, worries. And then there's other people who are being nurtured, raised up, and formed by the Holy Spirit in peace, joy, power, wisdom, and righteousness, and boldness of faith in God. There's only two kinds of people. Which one are you? Who is ordering your steps? If it isn't the Holy Spirit, I must say, it is the same thing that is allowing such evils to grow. There's only one kind of evil. We just see it in different extremes and sometimes, right? I'm not saying that all of our evil is just like Salvador Romans, but the same brokenness, the same struggle, the same fears that, that, that rule people, that, that stifle people is the very thing Jesus wants to say, do not be afraid and to break free. Jesus came to give us another way, and the Holy Spirit is here to help us overcome evil with the good that he in 2 Corinthians, this is Paul, who is later, I'm going to, uh, the, the, the New Testament, half of the New Testament, about 13 books in the New Testament, 27 books in the New Testament, is written by a, a guy named uh, 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 Paul, who, in fact, when Stephen was being stoned, he was there giving approval. An uh, evil man, someone who would go to uh, other cities to round up Christians, bring them into prison. And allow persecution to happen. Somehow he was met with the Holy Spirit. He was transformed. And then he became one of the greatest doer of good in the kingdom of God. And this is what he said. And I pray that this is the same reality for you. Paul says this about himself. Such confidence we have through Christ before God 
Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. There's something about boldness that is written all over scripture. In fact, in Acts, like every time something, something amazing happens, it says, with boldness. <laughs> with boldness they preached. With boldness they, they did the miracles. What about us? Is anything different than you and I and the first disciples in the church? No. The name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit given to all of us. But not everybody takes action to say, you know what, God, give me boldness. Because I fear you more than anything else. There's, there's, no, there's no freedom in this life that you can ever have until you discover fear of God. Because when you fear God, no longer are you obligated, but you're free to do the work of God. You're free to love people. You're free to serve people. You're free to give. You're free to impact people in the right way. But if not, we are still trapped by sin and guilt, unable to release the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit for good in this life. Let's pray together this morning. Jesus, right now we stand uh, at the crossroad between evil and good. And that battle, there's no ceasefire. There is no timeout. There's no break. Good and evil that is fighting right in our own hearts. Good and evil that is fighting in our marriages. Good and evil that's in our families. Good and evil that is operating in our friends, making some friends, making some enemies. And back and forth and backstabbing and, and killing and destroying. There's good and evil in the society. Systematic, systematic uh, injustices, systematic evils, Lord God. There is good and evil all around this life. We cannot ignore. But I pray that just like Peter, help us to be transformed because of the Holy Spirit. Because we fear God. As he said, you be the judge. What do you think is right for me to obey God or obey you? That you could be anything, Lord. Teach us how to become people who make an impact in this life because we fear God above all else. That is the commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to love your neighbor as a second. So Holy Spirit, would you do it again today in us in this moment? Help us, just like this man, to become that, that gentleman, Jacob Alvarado, that when the moment comes, Lord God, we will know our authority, we will know our power, and we will be ready to follow Jesus into action, into defeating evil and establishing the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name.